hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, friend, it is I, Mark Hershaw host and executive producer of Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast. Welcome to episode 158. I would like to start out by thanking absolutely no one for supporting this show through our Patreon page. That's right, we've had a page up there at patreon.com slash Succotash for about three months now. The only support currently listed is $1 a month. That's right, a buck a month. The same amount as something else you would pay a dollar per month for. I just checked the Patreon account, and we've got no followers, so thanks. No one also ever calls our Succotash hotline to leave messages, by the way. Most of the emails I get at mark at succotashshow.com are from PR people wanting me to review their clients' podcasts on splitsider.com or HuffPost. And the only comments ever left on our succotashshow.com page at the bottom of every episode's blog entry is some weird spam thing from overseas. We do get a lot of love on Twitter. We get some on Instagram and a smattering on our Facebook page, so thank you very much for that. Occasionally, we even get a lovely five-star rating or a kindly review on iTunes, so we appreciate that. Clearly, however, even though I mention all of these things, plus our Amazon banner at the top of our homepage, along with the donate button and the succotashery, Soundcast listeners seem to be very comfortable being able to listen to this free content without much of a thought towards the expenses involved, nor to mention the time spent that it takes putting shows like this together. It's only taken about six and a half years since I started producing Succotash, but you know what? I finally get it. And so you're going to get it. From now on, a somewhat sleeker, shorter, comedy soundcast soundcast. Because I'm not going to ask for donations anymore. I'm not going to beg for reviews and ratings. Oh, I may mention a few events of interest. We'll keep doing the cavalcade of gratitude for those of you who mention Succotash in your social media. But I am going to trim the fat because I'm tired of asking for help. And now when I listen back to the show, I sound like I'm whining and begging. I'm very grateful to Tyson Saner, our associate producer, who harvests great clips without being paid for any of it. And the rest of our crack staff, Bill Haywatt, Joe Polino, Kenny Durgis, and Scott Carvey. Thank you very much. Will Durst, who supplies us with the Burst of Durst segment without pay each and every episode. If you enjoy listening to this show, then I'm doing this for you. If you don't enjoy listening to Succotash, well, <laughs> you probably haven't even made it this far. So who cares about you? And, of course, I'm doing it for me, because I enjoy putting the thing together. But I'm not going to worry anymore that I can't get it out more than once every couple of weeks or so. It'll come out when it comes out. And that's that. All right. Just had to get that off my chest. Let's start again. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash. Yes, Succotash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, yeah. Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Mark 
Yes, friend, it is I, Mark Hershon, host and handmaiden of Suckets Ash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. Welcome to Epi 158, which is another edition of Suckatash Clips, featuring a great steaming pile of snippets taken from comedy soundcasts as heard on the internet. Perhaps you know of it. Our associate producer Tyson Saner snipped us off a trio of clips. I grabbed some, and one enterprising soundcaster even got us a clip from their show by uploading it directly to us. If you're a comedy soundcaster and would like to try that yourself, listen for details from Bill Haywatt at the end of the show. We're featuring Snip Snips from Lost in America, My Dad Wrote a Porno, Off Book, Quick Question, The All-Seeing Guys, and We're No Doctors. In addition to the clips, we have a double and maybe triple shot of our Burst O' Durst segment from our friend and political comedian Will Durst. And we have a new Boozin' with Bill segment where our beloved announcer teaches us how to make the bitterest drink ever to flow from the Studio P wet bar. And the whole thing is brought to you by our friends at Henderson's Pants. Henderson's. If you've got the legs, they've got the pants. Heck, they even have legless pants. So go ahead and drag your torso over to wherever fine and not-so-fine pants are sold. Let's kick things off with Will Durst, for whom President Trump is the gift that keeps on giving. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the huge gulf between what our president says and what he means. Sometimes it's obvious, as when he says that reporters don't know how to write good. But most of the time, he talks in a peculiar code, which we here at Durst Co. have gone to great lengths to decipher so that you can follow along in a segment we like to call What Trump Says and What Trump Means. What Trump Says. The media is being totally unfair. What Trump means, they keep reporting the facts. When he says, many people don't even know this, but what he means is, he didn't know that. When he says, believe me, believe me, don't believe him. Don't believe him. When Trump says everybody hates the United States, what Trump means is everybody hates Donald Trump. When he says many people are talking about this, nobody's talking about it. When Trump says he's an idiot, he's a loser, he's weak, what he means is someone disagrees with him. When he says he's a good person, someone agrees with him. But you wouldn't want that person to babysit the kids. When he says, I will let you know in a brief period of time, what he means is he has no idea what's going on. When Trump says there's two sides to every story, what Trump means is white supremacists are his base. When Trump says, I don't have time for political correctness, what he means is he's a mean-spirited oaf. When Trump says absolutely, 100%, what he means is probably not. When Trump says the failing New York Times is one of the worst newspapers, what he means is they're nailing his butt good. And finally, when Trump says we're going to build a wall and get Mexico to pay for it, what Trump means is we're going to build a mall and get Ross dressed for less to pay for it. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, Soundcast, I'm Will Durst. You can find out more about Durst, including his running one-man show in San Francisco at willdurst.com. And there will be more Durst later in the show. First clip out of the barrel is from a soundcast I just reviewed for Splitsider.com, and that's My Dad Wrote a Porno. I've had the cast, Jamie Morton, James Cooper, and Alice Levine on back in Succotash Chats, Epi 141. And now they are just concluding reading Rocky Flintstone's fourth book in his Belinda Blinked series. 
This clip is from the second to last episode for the current season. She turned and strode the few steps to the concrete spiral staircase. Oh, God, it's outside. Which linked the garage <laughs> to the first floor of her, of her apartment. <laughs> to another floor, the way that stairs do. Some awful concrete steps. How elegant, how dainty. It's like, <laughs> yeah. something ornate, is it? I imagine it's something from like Gone with the Wind or something, but actually it's just very much a 60s tower block. Although saying that, she has a garage in central London. She's quite flush. She's got a lock-up. Hasn't she? <laughs> is she... Do you think this is like the Barbican? I'm just thinking of all the concrete. and oh, like a brutalist structure. Yeah. She sat down seductively on the third step. They can't have sex on these steps. These sound awful. She'll break a neck. Ice cold. She'll get piles. Maybe we won't, we won't go inside. Maybe the whole oh. chapter is going to take place on those fucking steps. No, we can't be tempted this way. Oh, no. She sat down seductively on the third step kicked off her black leather heels and ensconced her long, supine toes around the metal railings. What? So, concrete treads, metal railings. <laughs> She's <laughs> yeah. using her toes like very, very dexterous hands. Is it daylight? Like, can people see her? I guess so. Because where have they just been? The Schweinsteigers. <coughs> so they've just been to Hans and Greta's. Yeah, the haunted warehouse or wherever it was. Yeah. I mean, she did promise him if, if all went well today, he was going to get laid. I mean... This is obviously it. She's a woman of a word. So she's clinging on like an ape. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing creepier than people who are very, very able with their toes. Yeah. I used to know somebody who could really, really pinch you hard with a pair of toes. Oh. A pair of toes? <laughs> Not their toes, someone else's. <laughs> if they could find two big toes. <laughs> You'd get a right good pinching. <laughs> but like, I mean, really tough pinch. Toes have really come into their own this book, haven't they? Certainly towards the end of the book. There's been a lot of feet stuff, yeah. Yeah. Does your dad have a thing about feet? I mean, I know that he bought us all flip-flops once. He did. That oh. from Brazil. Uh. Is that sordid? <laughs> he just wants to see your tootsies. <laughs> He's like, show me that lovely crease between the big toe and the next toe. Alice, why aren't you wearing your Havianas? <laughs> Other brands of flip-flop from Brazil are available. I don't know if they are. Satisfied she had a good grip, she lay back and stretched her arms upwards. She again felt for the metal sanctions of the spiral staircase. Again. And wrapped her hands tightly around them. Now, lying prostrate on the steps, she weakly called out, I'm here, Des. Come and take me. Des is going to be like a red rag to a ball. He hasn't had any in weeks. He'll be like, come in, come in. This is not going to be a long sesh, is it? No, there'll be one more sentence. And he came at the end. He came and he cried. Well, then we can see a kitchen. So, brilliant. Everyone's happy. So, Des looked up from his fascinating digital dashboard. What's a digital dashboard, please? Can everyone stop saying digital dashboard? <laughs> Des looked up from his fascinating digital dashboard and gulped. You would? He shook his head in disbelief. After all, he'd failed to get that direct order from Hans and Greta. He'd oh, failed? Yeah. So they didn't get it, but she's still putting out anyway. Well. Did he at least steal some ideas from uh, Bish? I hope Bish? So. I forgot about Bish. He went to take all the photos, didn't he? Mm. That show is a consistently funny formula and a truly horrible series of porn pornographic novels. Find My Dad Wrote a Porno all over the web from iTunes to Stitcher at their home site and bunches of other places. Next up is a clip that comes directly from the source. Greg and Joe, the fellows at the All Seeing Guys soundcast across the pond in England, used our direct upload link to get us this chunk from one of their recent episodes. 
In their cover note, they say, quote, we had a clip played by you a couple of years back, so we thought we'd possibly throw a newer clip your way, unquote. Good enough for me. I remember going, uh, I, I did, I dressed as Oliver Twist and literally we, my, I think my mum just cut a hole in a t-shirt and se- sent me to school in a white t-shirt and jogging bottoms. And, but they, <laughs> they were just like rolled up. But I had these like, I remember I had these big like white, white high top trainers and I had to take them off. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Cause Oliver I was, Twist. Because apparently I was this dirty kid. I was cold that day, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was really cold that yeah. day. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. Did you sing any songs from Oliver? I didn't. No. Oh, so you weren't really committed to the role, were you, Joe? No, I mean, I was, I was, I was dirty. Where is I love? hate you, man. <laughs> you know what? In in Oliver Twist, you know when he's doing what's that? Uh, I do anything. That yeah. song. Oi. Do anything. There's one bit where Would it you cuts. climb a mountain? <laughs> anything. Would you fight my bill? <laughs> what fisty cuffs? <laughs> Fly to Tim back to and back again. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do know that song. Yeah, yeah. I was apparently. in the, I, I was, yeah. I was in the uh, junior school play of um, Oliver. But anything, just anything. No, no, he doesn't. He just goes anything, <laughs> and it's just like I want to fucking wreck you. I want to fucking kill you for that. Yeah, it's fair enough. <laughs> he just sounds so weak. Fair enough. And feeble, and it's just like ah. Who will buy my beautiful roses? That entire scenario. Imagine waking up on a fucking Tuesday morning <laughs> to that racket outside. Getting up, going to your fucking nine to five. Mate, and you're just like, mate, are you kidding me with the this? concept. What if? Why are you <laughs> What so- if? What dun, if dun. you woke up one <laughs> what morning? What if you woke up and every day? You woke day- up one morning. And like, like the episode of Buffy, I'm Gar- I say I'm ripping it off. You wake up you know one what? morning. I, I never saw that episode. It's great. You wake- <laughs> it's really good. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it's I was re- hoping for it to be terrible. No, it's really good. Okay. Uh, you wake up one morning and everything's a musical for like a whole day. Oh my god! So everyone's sung fine, like but you're was. like, but and but you're just not in musical mode. You're just going about yeah, your yeah. daily. But unfortunately, everything. Be, be, unfortunately, because of whatever's happened, everyone is living out their own personal musical. So they're all they're all having. <laughs> they're like, not in sync. They're all having their own. No, like, they're all having like their own. Imagine plot. public transport. <laughs> I can't believe we're sat here. <laughs> Press the button, ring the bell, ring the bell, 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 bell. I'm going to look at porn on my phone. I can see him looking at porn. He's looking at porn. He's looking at porn. Ooh, that girl looks like a skirt. Mildew from Boots today. (laughs) Cheese sandwich and some McCoys. No, madam, you cannot have a refund. Well, that's half of it. Yeah, like, pretty we, that's pretty much half the play. We've done it already. Mate, All same guys, we, the musical mate, coming soon. My start will be like, you know, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, when he goes to the Christmas. What's this? When he, wait, mine's going to say, what's this? Oh, shit. I've gone through my alarm. Oh, bollocks. Where are my socks? <laughs> I can't believe I've done this one more time. I smoke too much, but we don't got bed. It'd be great. The that. bus. <laughs> I'm going to miss my train. The bus. Oh, shit. I'm not near that bus stop. A lot of it's going to be me going, oh, shit. That's how my mornings always okay, start. I say, oh, shit, like 18 <laughs> times. The big famous head from the All Sing Guys in Musical. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Directed by Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Just a couple of chaps sitting around and yakking it up. Soundcasting at its purest. You can find the all-seeing guys all around the joint. 
They're part of the Podnose network of shows, and they're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Laughable, and so forth. Our esteemed associate producer, Tyson Saner, harvested a bunch of clips for this episode, the first of which comes from a new show from an old friend, Travis Clark late of the Tiny Odd Conversation soundcast, has joined forces with Jonathan Sadowski, an actor you may be familiar with if you watched Young and Hungry on uh, the ABC Family Channel on TV. Their new soundcast is called Quick Question, and every episode starts with, as you may have guessed, a question. They then do their best to try and answer said query. You know, I, when I proposed to my wife, I pranked her. And, uh, I did the same with Melissa. Did you? Yeah. Because I... I tracked down Brandy. She was in a meeting all day at her job and her job is weird and I can't legally discuss it, which is a weird thing, which makes people think that she works for the CIA, but I'm not allowed to discuss it. It's the FBI. It's the FBI. <laughs> She's really Comey's daughter. Um, I, uh, she was in meetings all day and I had to uh, try and get her to come out of uh, a meeting because I wanted to propose to her, but she didn't know that. So, for whatever reason, it was just very difficult to do. My mom knew that I was going to propose to her. So not only am I like nervous about doing this, my mom's texting me every two minutes. Did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? So I finally go, this is in my mind. This was going to be so funny. I go there. It's raining. It's one of the rare raining days in uh, Southern California. And uh, I have this ring in my hand and I'm like, I remember being really nervous that I was going to drop it and it was going to go down a storm drain. And I was going to be like, you want to get lunch? And I just like totally (laughs) just forget it. (laughs) What are you going to do? Yeah. So I walk up to her and I go, Hey, uh, thanks for meeting me. I, uh, I just been thinking a lot and, um, I'm not really in a place in my life where it makes sense for you to be my girlfriend anymore. And I don't, I don't, that's not what I want. And she's like, and I could see it in her face. And later she told me, she was like, are you fucking kidding? You made me come out of a meeting to, to break, break up, up with me. me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, because I want you to be my wife. And I like get down on my knee and like, I'm getting, I mean, I think I'm in a puddle. I'm literally in a puddle <laughs> holding this ring up. And because of the fact that she thinks I'm breaking up with her and because of the fact that I spent seven years, that's how long it took me to propose to her saying, I'm never going to get fucking married. I don't need a piece of paper. I did that for like a long time that, now I'm here really doing that. She's just confused. She just doesn't know what to do. And so I'm just holding a ring and getting wet and she's making no sound. She's not saying yes. Just she's not saying no. She's you. just looking at me. And then she just goes. <laughs> and I went, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I'm going to need a hard yes or no one way or the other. Amazing. And she said yes. And then we, she cried and then I gave her the ring and then uh, we got married. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I did. I did a, a. Well, I don't know if mine was a prank so much as a mislead. So I did. Mm, a, I had classic misdirection. Yeah, I had uh, um, my family coming down. My mom and dad, and uh, I had Melissa's parents and her sister come to. Uh, they, everybody was at a uh, taping for Young and Hungry. Okay, and it was under the guise that it was just our parents meeting for the first time. They'd never met. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, the very last scene of the taping, um, I had written a fake scene, and I had the camera. Uh, uh, all the cameras were set up to record what was going about to happen. So uh, there's a scene where I come in, and I don't know if you guys watch the show or not, but Emily Osmond plays my love interest in the show, and uh, I go to her character, and I said her name character name is Gabby, and I said Gabby, uh, you know I know we've had this back and forth going for a long time, but if I'm going to be honest with you, I've been in love with someone else for a very long time. And Gabby goes, since when? 
And I said, since October 2nd, 2010. And that's the day me and Melissa met. Aww. And you see Melissa's face just drop. And I go, and she's here right now. And I got up and I walked out of the scene. And I pulled Melissa on stage in front of the live studio audience. All the lights went down. A little disco ball came. And, and I gave my little speech. Yeah. You can see it on YouTube, actually. <laughs> I mean, I want to marry you after that. That's, uh, that's adorable. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's amazing. Quick question is uh, very new, but it should be available by now through most of the usual downloady, streamy places. Or you can just go to their home site, which is up at quickquestion.libson.com slash website. Too much trouble? Visit us at succotashshow.com and click on their show title in our blog entry for this episode. Still too much trouble? Google it, ass douche. Let's pause for a word from our non-paying deadbeat of a sponsor. Oh, la, 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 la. Another innocent pedestrian. Another inattentive driver. Another senseless death on another crowded city street. Looks like someone wasn't wearing his Henderson's pedestrian pants. The only pants that tell oncoming traffic, please don't hit me. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. And if you're like me, you've probably realized that the simple act of trying to walk from point A to point B in downtown America has become a little like going 10 rounds with Mike Tyson. Chances are you're eventually going to get hit. And why wouldn't you? With so many drivers using their valuable time behind the wheel to shave, eat lunch, or check in with their good friends on social media, who in the heck has time to watch where they're going? going anymore. <laughs> Not me. And that's why Henderson's has come to the rescue. With pants so iridescently bright, they instantly turn a potentially deadly intersection into a cone zone crosswalk of a discriminating fashion runway. With Henderson's pedestrian pants, even folks who are asleep at the wheel or vying for their city's DUI record will see you coming from blocks away. With colors like radioactive isotope green, volcanic pumpkin vomit orange, and bladder infection yellow. But stylish color options are only part of the magic of Henderson's pedestrian pants. Built into the protective heat-resistant lining of these beauties are over 10,000 watts of flexible Klieg Light strips that will illuminate your legs like a Broadway marquee. Nothing says, see me coming, like a pair of Henderson's pedestrian pants. Originally designed for the Rockettes of Radio City Music Hall, dirt track race car drivers, and power-walking narcissists with a taste for the bizarre, Henderson's pedestrian pants are available at your local all-occasion security barn and wherever used traffic flares are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of potentially life-saving outerwear since 1911. And now back to Suckatash. Another pretty new-to-you soundcast is We're No Doctors, co-hosted by Steve Agee and Busy Phillips. They're not just both comedians and actors, but they're also self-admitted neurotic hypochondriacs who decided they should do a show about health and medicine. And isn't it about time? In this clip from recent Epi 4, they talk with guest Nicole Sullivan, another comedian actor who recounts her brush with death caused by the dread swine flu. So then here's, this is the pivotal moment. So I'm breastfeeding my baby the whole time because I, I just think I have the flu, right? I don't know. And it's four in the morning and my baby's crying because he's hungry and he's in a bassinet at, at, the, at the foot of the bed. My husband has gone to sleep with my other son in another room because he's like, I don't want your flu. And yeah. so I get up to go feed my baby. And I, this is a true story. I looked at my child who was crying because he was hungry. And I literally made a face like, ugh. 
turned around, walked out of the house at four in the morning and started walking down the deserted Santa Barbara street in my pajamas, which are covered in puke, just taking a walk down the road in the middle of the night, like pitch black. And that I got so crazy. I got like 50 feet Fuck. away and I was like, what? This, this is not, I just walked away from my baby and you're in the street. And I'm in the street. I'm like, what is happening? Like, at least you had that moment. Like you could have just been found dead in the oh, road. Yeah. I would have, I could have been found dead if, well, the, the anyway, part that makes yes. me tear up is the part that, like, my yeah. baby woke me up, and I kept going, that's not what a mom does. Like, but my brain wasn't working. Yeah. I was like, moms don't walk away from their babies when they're hungry. I walked back in the house. I said to Jason, something. get some formula. Cause there's another baby who's staying there. I'm like, get some formula, feed the baby, take him to the hospital. And he was like, we just went. Can't you wait till the morning? <laughs> God, <laughs> such a man. And, I'm uh. like, and I was like, no. And by the time we got to the hospital, I collapsed in the parking lot. They had to come out and get me in a wheelchair. When they pulled me in, if you've never seen them press that button, which is like, like everything else, my fever was 105.8. She was dead. (laughs) She was literally, I just got the chills. Oh my God. I've never heard of a person with one that high. They put me in the elevator, bring me to the ICU, and they already had paperwork for my husband to sign a living will. Because they're like, she's going yeah. into a coma. Yeah. We want you to discuss and with her right look, now I'm while getting, she's awake. I'm getting upset thinking, thinking about it. And they told him, Sam, I'm going to start crying. And they told him, like, do you have any religion? Like, is there any, should we call a priest, a priest. or a oh rabbi? Like, is there, are you God. guys religious? They're like, this, is, a, this to, is ending. This is ending. Do you remember shortly. all this? No. no. I remember being in the elevator, and that's the last thing I remember. Right. I remember being, yeah, I remember passing out. And then yeah. he says, Jason says, I start He's like, what the fuck is happening? They start packing you in ice. Yeah, they put me in like the ice bath yeah, type yeah. thing. To which I said uh, I, to my husband, "I don't know how they're gonna make a snow globe out of me." <laughs> <laughs> Still trying pretty, to make him laugh. Pretty cute for <laughs> a dying person. Go out on a high note. <laughs> but yes, okay. So then you're so, uh, packed in ice. Packed Jason in ice. thinks his wife is dying and leaving him with a four month old and a two year old. Yeah, that uh, that a minute like uh, twenty four hours ago. Beckett I was, was like, with you it. too, right? He brought the baby with no, you to the hospital, no, no, or Beckett's no. back we home. We left him at home with the, we had friends, were right? right, right. So, and they had baby too. So we're always like, just find formula, feed him, and I gotta go. And then so well, then the sort of. Four, I spent four days having a hundred. My fever wouldn't break for four days. One hundred five point eight. One hundred five for four. I mean, it days. wouldn't even drop. Almost one hundred six. It yeah. wouldn't even drop like a. Wouldn't even go down to one hundred five point six. It would just stay right there. They did. They gave me every. Now, here's the thing: antibiotics is that some work, some don't. In no, in those situations, they have to give you all antibiotics all of them so like because they don't they don't have time to see what's going to work so they give you like six antibiotics full strength are you allergic to any of them no i mean no thank god but it also was truly h1n1 it was swine flu. yes it was the swine flu and what ended up happening is the swine flu led to in those i must have gotten it shortly like that that week and in those four days that i had that small cough i developed what's called double bilateral sepsis pneumonia which is what <laughs> people that have full-blown aids die of oh. right like right when like the week before they die that's what they get yeah it's the week before you when you stage four cancer in seven parts of your body you at the at very last week you get double bilateral sepsis pneumonia which you don't ever recover from it's insane. And I remember, because Krista Miller is also one of Nicole's really close friends, and we were on Cougar Town at the time, and you got flown after the four days when your fever finally broke. Did they fly you or drive you? They drove me in an ambulance from... from Santa Barbara to, to Cedars. Cedars. Oh, my and God. And we were back at work, and you were at Cedars, and it was like, we still felt like... 
Do you still? Are you in a coma? Do you remember any of this? I don't remember this? the first. I remember. I remember moments of the first ten days. I was in ICU for eighteen days. What? Yeah. 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 I remember the f- the first ten days are very very spotty. But I remember hearing this conversation about there was two doctors talking about my bed, and they said it's such a shame with this H one N one this year we're going to lose so many young ones. And I, w- I remember thinking like, oh that's sad because I was thinking about like Babies. oh kids, and I was like. Oh shit! No, no, no. Oh, they're talking about they're me. Talking about oh, me. they think I'm oh, Mia. Yeah, a little bit flattered. <laughs> flattered. A little bit flattered. And I was like, oh snap! And you I was like, I'm 40. dying. You weren't even forty. Yet. I wasn't forty yet, but I was like, I'm dying. Oh my god, uh, I'm dying! And they're talking yeah. about me being dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good fun. <laughs> Did you guys catch Steve Agee in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? He plays Jeff, one of the Ravagers. He's the guy with the huge, thick glasses. Uh, yeah. Pretty, uh, I mean, he doesn't say a whole lot, but he's uh, pretty damn funny. Just a little trivia for you there. Find We're No Doctors as part of the Feral Audio Network and everywhere soundcasts are soundcasted, pretty much. Off Book is a soundcast that's helping to stretch the borders of what a show can do. There are a lot of improvised soundcasts out there, but this one, hosted by Jessica McKenna and Zach Reno, presents a full-blown improvised musical. This clip, provided by Tyson, is from their debut episode, Shrugging Destiny, and features the hardest working guest in sound casting, Paul F. Tompkins. Do you have uh do you have like a moment where you remember getting recognition from your parents where you were like, ah, oh, I do uh, sure don't. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what a do. well, what a well we <laughs> fell through. I would do. I did all these plays and my the one the one review that my mother had every time was, you talk too fast. Uh, we cut to the lobby of a, of, a, of a high school auditorium where a bunch of parents are just waiting for all, the kids are all congratulating their sel- themselves, but this play was a mess, and the parents all know it. Oh, boy. I mean, it's like none of them even were taught how to spot. I mean, all of those turns were going all over the stage. Oh. For this, he gives up football. Yeah, I know. I mean, I want to say something encouraging to Bradley, but I do not want him to f- walk down this path. Oh. What's, what can be said except that was terrible, you've made a mistake, and get back to real life. Never do this again. I think we have to set them straight. Yeah, sometimes. You gotta crush a kid's dreams to watch them fly. You gotta take their wings and rip them off. And when they ask you why, you tell them, you are not good at this. You gotta do something else. So take that dream you have and put it on a fucking shelf. Oh, hi, Dad. Uh, hi, what'd you think? Bradley? Yeah? Stop. What? Talking? Yes. So you can tell me how great it was? You were bad. No, what? Bad doesn't describe what you did. Because bad is a thing that is better than what you did, which was total shit. I don't want you to act anymore. In fact, go home right now. You drove me. No, I'm gonna have to find your own way back. Guys, that was hard, but I'm glad I did it. Oh, your kids are coming up. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, Mom. Oh, hi, sweetheart. Did you hear my solo? I did. It hurt my ears. What? Made my ears feel bad. (laughs) Watching you try and fail so totally bad. It made me really sad. So why don't you stop what you're doing? I wish we could take back this night. Oh my god. 
me home, all right? Nope, find your own way home. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you're right, and it's so freeing. It hurts, but you have to do it. You're going to feel so much better after. I this. hope so, because I couldn't feel worse right now. Here come your football twins. Oh, no. <laughs> Dad. It's me, Steve. And it's me, Kevin. I really felt like I com- uh, I felt like emotionally connected to the world and I never have before. Ke- Kevin, you were great. And Steve, you were great. I really felt like we were blossoming out of our shells and realizing new parts of our Shut up, you two. What? I got something to tell you. And I'm going to tell you in one second. What? Oh my god, he's really gearing up. There's steam coming out of his ears. Well, you should be ashamed. Because I know I am. When I saw you prancing around that stage, I wanted to get swallowed by a giant clam. I am just sick. Sick to my guts. Not to your guts. You've got to quit this nonsense, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Whoa! I can't stand what I just saw And that other people saw it too You shouldn't be on stage You should be in a goddamn zoo Okay, well Wow, Dad Dad You really hurt our pride Yeah But will you please at least give us a ride No You gotta find your own you in my car and let you roam around the neighborhood huh. didn't that feel good yeah it felt great and don't you feel free now that we crushed their dreams and most importantly no matter who we are going home we're gonna have so much There's a taste of off-book. Speaking frankly, I'm not a big fan of being in an improv group that improvises music because it's usually pretty bad unless that's kind of the group specialty. Paul F., early in that episode, as a matter of fact, even remarks that he's not that great at it. But these guys obviously know what they're doing, so it is a different ball game. Check out Off-Book on iTunes, Laughable App, and more. And that episode, actually, I, I reviewed back uh, in July for Splitsider.com. So you can uh, look that up as well and see my uh, my frank discussion about it. We've got one more burst of durst heading your way, but not before we find out how to whip Mitch McConnell. Oh, I mean whip up a Mitch McConnell, courtesy of Bill Haywatt. Hit it, boys. Who's in with Bill? Yes, yes. They're singing about me? Oh, I love it. Hello, everybody. This is your old friend, Bill Haywatt, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Boozing with Bill. And we're going to just have some Epicurean delights. It'll really get you <clears throat> fucked up. And over here on my left is my good friend, the man whose podcast this truly is. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Mark... Uh, 
Hershon. Mark Hershon. Yes. Hello, Bill. Marcus. Bill. How are you? Hello. Welcome, welcome to the Good wet to bar. Welcome again. to Thank the studio. You got started without bar. me this time. Well, Easy. I just wanted to play a little bit. You wow, know. excellent. You know me. The professionals can always improvise. Yes. You would know something about that yourself, I, now, wouldn't you? I suppose. Absolutely. I suppose. Hey, I've got a great drink for you. You know, excellent. everything is political these days. Oh, tell me about this it. This is a horrible time for politics. And, 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 you know, some of the worst politics is happening on the floor of our United States Congress. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? And here's a drink that I learned in the bar that's next door to the United States Congress. I was sitting there and say, like, what do the big boys drink? And they say, well, I'm going to show you a drink that the biggest big boy of them all drinks, and I'm going to tell you what it is right now. I'm going to start out. All right. got to go into the fridge here. This is exciting. Yes, it is. This is the one, baby. We're going to start off with some tonic water. Oh. Not just any tonic water. No. We're going to start off with, <clears throat> since 1984, Canada Dry Tonic Water. Now, you see, tonic water contains quinine. Yes, which is yes. good if you have uh, various diseases. Ah, uh, yes, right. Malaria? Yes. That's Yellow right. fever? Yellow fever, dengue. All right. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, so this, it's also known for its bitterness. Mm, true. It's, it's a bitter, bitter drink. So we're going to start out with put a few ice cubes in a glass mm -hmm. here. I'm going to make two of these. Only one, I'm going to share them. But uh, right. okay. There we go. So we're going to start out with some quinine. It reminds me of the shelf of uh, Antarctica that fell off. Yes, I know. Yes. Run for your lives, exactly. huh? Trillion tons of ice. I can't even imagine. The size of Delaware. And the first time the Delaware meant anything. size of Delaware. Yes. Well, it's bigger than Rhode Island. Yes. That's a big ass thing, huh? Okay, so here we go. We're going to pour some bitter quinine tonic mm. water into the glass. And then, well, what we need to do is we have to add a dash of bitters. Mm. And so we're going to dash up Because it's not bitter enough. Well, we're going to add a dash of bitters. We're going to add a dash of German bitters, not just any German bitters. We're going to add Unterberg. Unterberg. Unterberg bitters. We're going to add a dash of bitters. And here it is. There's some, oh, it's a little bit more of a dash, Ooh. but, uh, well, the bitter or the better, be you know. super bitter. It's super bitter. And then we have to add that, we have to add a dash <laughs> of bitters. Oh, dear, more bitters. <laughs> Absolutely. This time, not just any bitters. No. We're going to add Angostura <laughs> bitters. Of course. Right? We're going to add just a dash of The bitters that the made bitters. Belgian famous That's or for something. sure. Italy or some, one I of those guys. from. Yeah, nice tough Ooh. color there. Oh, that's oh, beautiful. this is going to be better. Yes, this is a good I'm stuff. I'm beginning to see the theme to yeah, this So then we're going to add some, you've got to add a dash of bitters. Orange. And we're going to add some West Indian orange, orange bitters. bitters. Now yes, I'm getting a clue as to what okay. we're doing here. So a little dash there. <laughs> and, and, and there you have it. That's, that's it? Yeah, that's right. You know what this is called? No. The Mitch McConnell. <laughs> He's a bitter old prick, don't you think? I mean, look I at do. that man. He always looks like someone just went up behind him and, yep. and grabbed his pink panties and gave him a big tug. Big wedgie. He's just a big wedgie to that man. That's so it. We're just gonna tonic stir water it and three kinds of it's bitters. A, it's like quinine. <laughs> quinine, the bitter quinine. And uh, orange bitters, angostura bitters. And, uh, well, you know, we can drink out of the same glass. And it's, so it's, it's, it's a bitter drink. <laughs> and, and the thing is, the man needs to be bitter. Yes. Because, you know, it, look at the world, the history of the world. Who really contributed? The rich people yes. or the poor people? Oh. It's the rich people. Yes. yes, Absolutely, you know. So, I mean, he's got a horrible job. His, he wakes up in the morning and says... How do I fuck the poor people? That's the, for on behalf of the rich people. Really, is a he, quandary. I mean, it's, it's a quandary. But how much can because there's a lot of money riding on this, babe. So to get him up and going, 
This is what he drinks. Ah, he drinks the, Mitch the you know, I think, and then when it's a really bad day, when it's like you know, when when it's like budget time, he'll like crush up some Bayer aspirin and flow it on the top for even yes. more bitterness. Here we go. Mm. You know, you could put a wedge of lemon in there too. That would that oh would yes, add to the bitterness. Absolutely. Here, I'm going to share this. All with right. You. Cheers. Cheers to Mitch. Oh, this is bitter. Oh man! Wow! No wonder he looks like the way he does. And yet you can't get drunk on it. Well, <laughs> you just—he can drink it and drink it and drink it, and yes. just—you just get more and more you bitter. Just get more and more. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. No wonder he's got that look on his face. Oh my Ooh, God! I feel—you oh. know—it's like when Bugs Bunny is like he—he <laughs> he Bugs Bunny drinks the alum, yes. and his face turns inside out. And, oh my Ooh. God! I just want to slash Ooh. Medicaid. I want to slash Ooh. Medicare. I want to kick all those bastards off of welfare. I hate this. I hate people. <laughs> Beautiful. Excellent. So there it is. You've got it, friends. It's Ooh. it's like a you know take a glass and put some ice in it, and then throw a mess of uh, quinine, some tonic water, mm -hmm. some Canada Dry tonic water, our sponsor, and then add a dash Wait, they're our of... Wait, sponsor uh, now? Well... I didn't realize that. In, in a pretend universe... Oh, excellent. Then okay. you add some Unterberg bitters, dash, then you add a dash of Angostura and aromatic... Well, it is 45% alcohol oh. by volume. Oh. May, or maybe it's just the PBR. Mm. And so then you add a little West Orange bitter, mm. and there you have it. And I, oh, mm. oh. oh, God, I drink this, Ooh. and I want to wreak havoc on the middle class, Ooh. don't you? Oh, like crazy. Oh, like man. Crazy. Well, that's all I got for you well, this <laughs> time, Mark. <laughs> I wanted you, to Bill. share this with you, and, uh, that was, uh, you know, pretty good, huh? I mean, pretty bitter. bad, that but was it, was, bitter. it was bitter. It was bitter. Better, better. We'll be better next yeah, time. Well, yes. Thank you very much you, for joining us on this episode of Hit It, Boys. Who's <laughs> I love hearing my name. You'll find the recipe such as it is for the Mitch McConnell right there at the top of the blog entry for this episode at SuccotashShow.com. So, enjoy. It's time to rattle off the names, handles, and IDs of those people who were kind and decent enough to mention Suckatash by way of their social media in the past couple of weeks. So whether they tweeted, retweeted, followed, liked, starred, thumbs upped, or otherwise acknowledged this soundcast's existence, we would just like to mention them as a way of saying, hey, thanks, partner. Terry McGovern, Phil Lernis, Brooke Burgess, Ned Kenny from Laughable, Kirsten Leonardi, Nug Nargang, Illusionoid, Gary Snow, Alex Brazell, Nightmare Fuel, Ed Wallach, Davian Dent, Samantha Pett, Tommy Royal, Norman Trousers, Goods from the Woods, Adam Skuse, Good Morning You Drunks, Thursday Ketchup, Jason Handelman, Super Pee Pee Time, Superhero Speak, In Poor Taste, Ice in the Face, Russ Martucci, Russ Martucci, Jordan Brady, T.J. Miller, David K. Barnes, Gift of Assholes, My Neighbors Are Dead, Rocky Flintstone, The Noir Dame, Justin Corbett, Todd Ramsey, Deborah Vancelette, Changes in Latitudes, Christine Blackburn, Judung Nuri, Roosevelt Williams, Jamie Freeman, Tom Jenkins, Jabs of the Old D-Head Factor Soundcast, The Spice Cabinet Podcast, Juice in the Morning, Rap Beats Gain, Podcast Booster Bot, Rodney Salisbury, El Dude Brothers Soundcast, North Carolina Comedy Festival, Sherry Leslie, Lucy Emma, Slafter Podcast, Socko Jones, Catherine Haney, Corky Knievel, 
Movies Made Me, Salty Language Podcast, and S. Anthony Thomas. I truly appreciate the support you give by mentioning Succotash in those tweets, posts, and your prayers. Let's get one more burst of Durst underway before we head out of your ears. Hey guys, Will Durst here to say, Labor Day? Already? You gotta be kidding. How the hell did that happen? Eight months of the year have expired? 2017 is two-thirds over? You know why that's frightening. Because it means any day now, radio stations are going to switch to -to wall-to-wall Christmas music. As holidays go, the first Monday of September gets no respect. It's that last lonely baby carrot on the festival deli tray. The metal folding chair next to the furnace that only gets pulled out when company invites company. The tomato plant in the back row closest to the fence that those darn gophers found so tasty. Part of the problem is the name. Labor Day smacks of major difficulties, especially to mothers who have experienced birth. Comes really close to glorifying chores. A stress proponent. Futile attempt to promote drudgery. Might as well call it Dentist's Drill Day. Maybe we should start a movement to rename it Extra Day Off Day or Bonus Day. Cake Day. Who doesn't like cake? Just never forget that Labor Day honors the living, not the dead. Our workforce, a single day off, so the real nine-to-five heroes that keep this country humming can relax before squaring their shoulders and getting back to the job of carving out a better future. Raising 2.3 kids and paying off a mortgage with enough left over to cover the cable bill and at least one premium channel thrown in. So whether you flip burgers or beach houses, run a stockroom full of board length or a lengthy boardroom full of stockholders, enjoy your day off. You deserve it. Gather friends and family and wave a fond farewell to all that excess sunshine and bid hello to the calming of the light. No need to bring gifts, although flowers and wine never go out of style. Ah, hell, make it a six-pack. And while you're at it, some cake. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Oh, Durst. Will's got a long-running one-man show every Tuesday night if you get to San Francisco at the Marsh Theater. He's also at Will Durst on Twitter, and you can find out everything else you need to know about the man, the myth, and the legend at WillDurst.com. Now, normally, this is where I would wrap up by pleading with you to rate and review us on iTunes or like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, or listen to us on SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and the Laughable app, among other places. Or maybe I would ask you for your support by clicking on the Amazon banner at the top of the SuccotashShow.com home site, or click on the Donate button there, or perch some merch from our Succotashery. But you know what? I'm done with all that. I'm off to pay the Libsyn hosting bill. No, no, please. I've got it. You drive safe. Grab a mint or a toothpick on your way out. Good bye. You've been listening to Suckatash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, and on Ha Ha Ha, the laughable app. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. 
Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about our neo-Nazi president. Okay, maybe he's not a card-carrying member of the white power wing, but he definitely proved himself a sympathizer when he promoted false equivalency between the organized hate movement and people disgusted by them. He's calling them haters who hate hating. It's confusing. After a riot broke out during a Unite the Right march in Charlottesville, Virginia, there was, according to Trump, violence on many sides. On many sides. Yes, one-sided bats and clubs in body armor and shouted slogans denigrating Jews and blacks, and the other side dented those clubs and bats with their heads and body parts. One side drove a car into a crowd, and the other side failed to get out of the way, and then lay down blocking traffic, littering the street with their blood. Shocking. It's like declaring our allied forces were as guilty as the Nazis in World War II because they hated Nazis and fought them to defend freedom. Yeah, there are two sides to every story, except for the stories where one side is Nazis. After Trump's mealy-mouthed equivocation, KKK Imperial Lizard Stick, or whatever they call him, David Duke sent out a congratulatory tweet. You know, with friends like that, who needs enemas? Responding to calls for Trump to fire Steve Bannon, his alt-right advisor, President said, but he's not a racist, which we all know is a big red flag that means, yeah, he probably is a racist. Trump's plan to bridge the racial divide is to create more jobs, which makes as much sense as Gallagher's plan to combat teen pregnancy by smashing watermelons. Easy to understand why the president refuses to say there is no room in his administration for racists. Apparently, all the slots are full. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Succotash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. We've got a few minutes left before we have to throw it back to the network. What? Oh, this is old, this part. Forget it. Scratch this part.